Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Kelly. Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show and happy Friday. Today, a first-time guest is here with us, and we have a ton to get to with him. This week, his father, the former president of the United States of America, was informed that he is the target of yet another criminal investigation and is likely to be indicted any day now. And it comes as former President Trump maintains a massive lead over his GOP opponents for the 2024 nomination. Joining me now, Donald Trump Jr., executive vice president of the Trump Organization and host of Rumble's Triggered with Donald Trump Jr. Welcome to the show. Great to have you. It's good to be back with you, Megan. It's been a while. I know. It's been a long time. And what a week to to reunite. My God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It, it's we won't so be crazy hurting for content. Yeah. No, we will not be hurting for content. I'm I have to say I'm really I know you are, too, but I'm really alarmed about what's happening with Jack Smith in this country. And I thought your dad captured it perfectly uh, when he called attention to this this one issue that shows how political what Jack Smith is doing is when he was on with Hannity the other night. Um, here's Sat one. It bothers me. It bothers me for everybody in this incredible sold out audience. And it's uh, it bothers you. I got the letter on Sunday night. Think of it. I don't think they've ever sent a letter on Sunday night and they're in a rush because they want to interfere. It's interference with the election. It's election interference. Never been done like this in the history of our country. And it's a disgrace. So that's exactly right, because there's no reason to rush a letter like the one Jack Smith said, sent your dad on a Sunday night delivery, unless you as the prosecutor are worried about getting your trial started, getting your trial date, making sure it happens before Fannie Willis down in Georgia. you got your cue in the election lineup before he runs for office. It really is a tell that he sent in that letter on Sunday night. What do you make of it? A hundred percent. I mean, they're going to try to do anything to stop Trump. This talking point that it's no, they really want to run against Trump. No, that play is a 14th Amendment play. They want to do the insurrection thing like they used from the Civil War days to prevent him from ever being on the ballot. But Megan, uh, honestly, like at this point, I'm almost used to it. You know, another day, another indictment. We've seen this show before, but what's perhaps even more troubling, even though it's perhaps less personal to me, but it is personal to me as an American, was what we saw this week with the 16 uh, indictments in Michigan, where a radical leftist attorney general is going after people who did what John F. Kennedy did in 1960 uh, and wanted to submit an alternate ballot set. The Democrats have weaponized lawfare. This is what they're doing. I don't know in any other time, maybe other than the Japanese internment camps during World War II, where we seem to have and trying to create a class of political prisoners. Uh, you see that with the treatment and the disparity of the treatment of the BLM, uh, you know, summer of love rioters versus the January 6th folks. Uh, no due process. Uh, when the exculpatory evidence comes out, they pretend like it's there. They hid that from the prosecution. They hid that from the defense. Uh, meanwhile, you could do murder, arson, rioting, looting, billions in damage, taking over cities, taking over courthouses. You know, all these things that I was told was insurrection. If you do that in the supposed name of social justice, it's all well and good. It's fine. It's forgotten. Nothing will happen and nothing did happen. Uh, they're trying to make a very defined point. Not only are they trying to go after their biggest political rival, stuff that if, if, if it was going on in third world countries, uh, even the uni party in Washington, D.C., they'd be going into another war looking for regime change. 
It's happening in America today. And the people who are willing to call it out, they want to throw in jail. Uh, this is this is scary stuff. I mean, this is not I it like to get scary. up there and rant and talk about these things and make fun of it. This is something you can't even make fun of anymore because they're not even pretending to be uh, decent anymore. They're not even pretending to not weaponize these things. And, you know, we could talk for hours about just look at the disparate treatment between what they tried to do to me with the fake Russia, Russia, Russia hoax and what Hunter Biden gets to do uh, for a decade. Right. Uh, right. But, you know, I, I have a feeling it'd be treated differently, Megan. I just just yeah, a little bit. I have the same feeling. Uh, no, the cases are scary because while politically, I think they're helpful to your father's run, his candidacy, legally, they there's risk for sure. There's yeah. risk. And given your dad's age, it actually could be a life sentence if this guy, Jack Smith, manages to get him in front of a D.C. jury in particular. It's not that I like the legal case. It's just that if he can if he can get past, you know, uh, motion practice and get it in front of a D.C. jury, they, they went, what, 97 percent for Joe Biden in D.C. I mean, yeah, he actually I don't could think that's going to be bars. fair. I don't think it's going to yeah. be fair. And by the way, that doesn't include. You know, what have we racked up to uh, the charges even prior to the Jacks, the other Jack Smith uh, stuff, you know, 450 years. I know my dad is a uh, young and vibrant guy. Uh, no one's going <laughs> to ever accuse him of being a uh, low energy. But like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure anyone, can, not even Donald Trump can wait that one out. Uh, so and but that's their intention. I mean, think of how insane uh, that is. And, and again, uh, the same how, but people. How, how do you feel about it as the son? I mean, I know you believe in your dad. and You believe that yeah. he'll, I, I presume, pre prevail. But you've got in the back of your mind be concerned. I mean, honestly, it's it's crazy to say it because it's, it's almost hard to believe. And I, I think unless you've sort of been in that. I mean, they tried to do it to me, right? The, the Russia, Russia, Russia. You remember mm -hmm. well, I think I spoke with you back in the Fox News days about it at the time. And my lawyers, you can't go on TV and defend yourself. They'll use it against you. They're trying you for treason, a crime punishable by death. And, you know, these weren't like clowns in the media. And there's plenty of them, most of them. But this was like the head of the Intelligence Committee saying this daily, publicly. But, yeah. you know, after a while, though, it, it, and again, it's it's hard to sort of rationalize because I understand that it's not a normal human emotional response. But when you've been sort of backed in that corner for seven, six, seven years now, uh, when you've been prodded endlessly, you, you know, it's fight or flight. Like, and I just decided to fight. And so it, I guess it's different. I don't even think about it. It's like, oh, like I said earlier, you know, another day, another indictment. Like, I get it. It's real. But what they want is they want you to crawl into a corner and die. They want you to get in the fetal position and suck your thumb and cry for mama. And guess what? If you do that, they're not going to go any less on you. That's just the first sign that they've got you and they're going to go harder. And so, uh, you know, we have no choice. We got to keep fighting. And I think you know all of America has to do the same because everything that you hold near and dear, everything that we value, our freedoms, our basic rights, they're all on the table for the Democrats. And again, Megan, the people that I've listened, you know, screeching about democracy uh, for the last six or seven years when, you know, we had a booming economy, when we were ending wars, when we were energy independent, all of the things that we, you know, those people are strangely silent now. They're, you know, the, the silence is deafening. It's almost like it's just a BS talking point. And that's what it is, because otherwise they'd be pretty vocal about this because they have been when the same has been done in the banana republics around the world. They've been very vocal about it, but we've turned into that banana republic. And I imagine we were there quite some time ago, but it took Trump to bring it out. 
you know, you, you see we have a commander in chief that, you know, a challenging thing is like walking up a flight of stairs and it, it's totally normal. It's fine. You know, mm. it's it's lunacy, but we're living it. Mm hmm. It's these are very dark days and I mean, they're they're rushing to get their indictments in yes. so that they can make sure he faces a jury before the election. It just tells you everything you need to know. Um, and yet that doesn't mean that they won't prevail in front of these juries in particular. Can I ask you yeah. quickly, how's he doing on the law front, on the legal, the lawyer front? Because there was a BS period where he, he struggled to get the top notch talent because of the I think yeah. the Alan Dershowitz effect, where Dershowitz, who defended Bill Clinton in his impeachment proceeding, yeah. then defended your dad because he defends the Constitution. It's not a, he, he's open that he doesn't vote for your dad, but he's he defended him at the <laughs> Yeah, he's a Democrat. So there was this sort of cascade of lawyers who were like, well, I don't I don't want to get the Alan Dershowitz treatment where I can't get clients or yeah. I get smeared or I can't get a seat at Martha's Vineyard, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So is that turning now that Trump's up 30 points in the polls and, you know, the indictments not, are pouring in? Yeah, not really. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I'm actually very happy with the legal team right now. But no, that is a challenge, right? They, you know, these people who want to do that, they, there are people in these firms who still believe in the Constitution, but they understand that if they do that, uh, you know, their other clients will disappear. The D.C. lobbyist crowd will stop using them to do that work. Uh, they're not even if they believe in the cause, they're not going to take or risk the political capital of even being associated with, even if it's sort of like a dream case for a constitutional lawyer. And so, you know, no different than cancel culture everywhere else. There's a there's a very uh, palpable attempt to to prevent you from, you know, you got to be, I guess Trump's going to have to use a public defender type of thing, because even <laughs> if you want to, even if you're going to pay for the best talent, they're not going to touch it, not because they don't believe in it, not because they wouldn't want to, but because they know it's the end of their career. It's sort of like the people in medicine who were like, you know what? Uh, did we ever think maybe the Wuhan virus came from the lab in Wuhan that studies the exact virus that we've been funding through the NIH? And like, well, I mean, of course it did, Megan. Like, when was that ever not the most plausible answer? And yet it didn't matter. If you as a medical professional did that, you were out of academia, you were out of medicine, the NIH would cut off any funding for any other unrelated project. You, had. you have to follow the gospel. You must be obedient sheep and do whatever the Borg is telling you to do. And so, you know, it's no different in some of this. And, and you know, just yet another thing that's been weaponized against anyone who's willing to challenge the norms yeah. of the swamp. We just did a story the other day on how the endocrinologists of America have behind the scenes serious reservations about what they're doing to children in the name of, quote, gender affirming care. But they've oh. been going along with it because they're worried because their society, the American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics says, oh, that's the best standard. But they know it's not true, but they're afraid. So it's a similar it's not, Megan, it's, it's a lie. Here. It's a, it's all it's a woke lie. I mean, the trans mafia, as I refer to them as. You know, it's I'd say it's the most powerful lobby in America right now. If you're trans, you're in the most privileged class in society. Uh, you, you can do anything you want. You're totally uh, there, nothing. You are beyond reproach. And it's nonsense. I've never seen like such a small demographic be able to command and hold so much power based on a lie. Now, you're not allowed to talk about recidivism rates. You're not allowed to talk about the depression and the people that later on come to believe that, you know, shockingly, 
Shockingly, they were influenced into making a bad decision at the age of six. Uh, and now they regret it. Now they are permanently, you know, they've damaged their bodies. They can't go back. They're on uh, these you know, crazy drug cocktails for the rest of their lives. And shockingly, they're depressed and they'd love to go back. But they have they have no way to go after the doctors who did this. You know, the rainbow haired colored freak teachers that convinced them at the age of three that they really, you know, I wanted to be an airplane when I was a child. My parents didn't <laughs> let me jump off a building. You know, they let me yeah. have an imagination. You know, there's a difference between, you know, allowing that and an insanity. But we're at the point where the insane are totally controlling what's going on. And we have to say one of the famous um, one of the famous lines on this show came from Rick Grinnell, uh, who worked for your dad and, you know, the country and uh, is a supporter of your dad's and said, you can't vote for these people. They're insane. They can't even tell you what a woman is. I said, you know, what? that is like the best summation of the insanity going on in our country right now that I've heard. It's just so simple. Yes, how can you vote for somebody who can't even define what a woman is? But wait, let me table the gender thing because I wanna finish up on Jack Smith. Um, unlike your father, he's getting very, very fawning press coverage, but I don't think I've seen anything so fawning as what was on CNN the other day when they covered him getting a sandwich from Subway like it was the Queen's Jubilee. Here's just a bit of them talking about that moment. Turns out even Jack Smith can't resist a $5 footlong. That's according to what we see right there, new and exclusive CNN video of the special <laughs> counsel at Subway. Declining, though, to respond to reporters' questions about today's big news, a Target letter sent to the former president of the United States. They clearly wanted yeah. us to see him uh, and, and that image to be very different from what we saw in the president, former president's post, which is that he's a, a deranged individual. Yeah, I mean, look, you can I can count probably five or six sandwich shops between his office and uh, that location that he was uh, he was at uh, earlier today. He was he stood in line just like everybody else. Oh, my God. Exclusive new and exclusive. Jack Smith gets yeah. a sandwich. He wanted that image out there, Don. Maybe the man oh. just wanted lunch. Yes. Uh, but no, I mean, you can see how it's set up, right, because they're trying to do anything to take away from Jack Smith's actually uh, rather corrupt history. I mean, you know, I understand that him getting a sandwich is really big news, Megan, but <laughs> strangely enough, they don't talk about the things that would be, let's just say, you know, almost disbarable type offenses in his past. There's a reason he was handpicked to do this, because if you look at his record, it should be pretty clear to anyone who's going to even pretend to be objective that this is just a paid henchman. This is someone willing to do anything, someone who's clearly willing to not even follow the basic norms of our justice system to get what he wants. And that is exactly what the Democrats want. They want activists. They don't want people. They want constitutionalists. God forbid you actually follow the law. They want someone. And it doesn't matter how they get there. But the ends will always justify the means. That's apparent because I've not seen a single story about whether it's him, whether it's the prosecutor in Florida, their, uh, let's just say, rather shady past. But that's the problem with the D.C. swamp. That's the problem with these people. If you're, you know, a Strzok, a McCabe, a Brandon, you can lie before Congress, Megan. You know, when, when they did, when I did 50 hours plus of testimony, you know, looking for me to put a comma in the wrong spot, I'd have been in jail for perjury. You can actually perjure yourself before Congress if you're a Democrat trying to get to those ends. 
And not only do you not get fired, not only do you not lose your pensions, you get to also be a contributing host on CNN and you can lecture yeah. the country on moral decency. It, 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 you can't make it up. I mean, I've, no, every the, day I feel like I'm the star of the on. Truman Show, Megan. I'm waiting for like, uh, you know, someone to like the camera to fall out of the ceiling and be like, ah, we've just been messing with you this whole time because there's no way this is real in the United States of mean. America. First of all, can I just say just an observation? I know you've heard this a million times, but your gestures are so much like your dad's. And we did a study. We, we did a show on this um, when it came to twins and triplets. Gestures and mannerisms are inherited. They are inherited. So that's why you'll see identical twins who have like the same exact. And, you know, it's it's so fun to just to see. To, I'm sure people comment on it all the time. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. It's interesting. There's, you know, there's all, my hobbies are so different than my father's. And we we actually used to think that we were very different. I think it was actually politics and not business that we realized maybe uh, we're actually a lot more similar than we ever thought. And it was whether That's it's, interesting. you know, perhaps the demeanor, perhaps the fight uh, and certainly the hand gestures that just weren't as a. Uh, as prevalent, you know, giving a PowerPoint presentation Wait, and business. But did that move you up beyond Ivanka? Because she's been you know, I, number you know, one. I, there's all, you know, Ivanka is <laughs> always going to be the little girl. It's OK. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm totally comfortable <laughs> being that. And, and that's what's funny. It's uh, it was the calls even during the presidency. You know, uh, Don, this is the White House operator. The president would like to speak to you. I'm like, well, you know what I do now, guys. I was on a first name basis with these guys. <laughs> hey, hey, Don. You're getting a little too aggressive on social media. And I'm like, well, wait, do you know, yeah, hold Hello, up a pot? second. <laughs> yeah, I was like, listen, we have to have a conversation about self-awareness, Dad. Like, I, I appreciate, like, I will listen to you on so many things. I, I, you know, I, I appreciate your advice, so business, otherwise, uh, I get, this is one place that perhaps, just perhaps you have seeded the moral high ground and we got uh, to have a conversation. But yeah, that happened That's on more amazing. than one occasion. So it was kind of funny. All right. Speaking of there, you're many times inside the White House. Can I ask you about cocaine White House? Um, sure. I mean, you've been you've been in the exact area where they're saying they found this cocaine, I'm sure, many times. The thing that keeps bothering me about it, Don, is that that why they closed the investigation? Why after nine days did they say it's over? Like we couldn't find the person yeah. and it's over. We had to move. On. Why? Why did they have to move on? Because that leads directly to Hunter Biden and they're going to the bureaucrats are going to you know, do that to protect. I mean, listen, I, I had a I had a Secret Service detail for a few years. First of first and foremost, the only people that are getting cocaine into the White House are people who probably have a Secret Service detail because the level of screening is just different. Right. So the regular people are going through sniffing dogs. They're going through x-rays. You know, they're not throwing their eight ball, uh, you know, on a on a tray going through screening and getting through. <laughs> that doesn't happen. So that's first and foremost. But, you know, I, I also had a, a great relationship with a lot of my guys, uh, you know, lifelong friends. And, you know, I'll, I'll say, you know, from the ones that aren't current, uh, the calls that I've gotten be like they would have never, eat, you know, because, again, the difference between the bureaucrats and the door kickers, we can talk about all the, all day long. Right. The bureaucrats that run the FBI and the guys that actually do the work, uh, two very different mentalities, two very different people. And yet the people who are the bureaucrats have all that control. You know, my, my guys are like. Oh, my God. Like, if that was you, if that was Don Jr., there there wouldn't have been an investigation. When you have the most famous coke head in the world in the White House, they'd have been like Hunter Biden, obviously. Like, mm -hmm. there, there's, you know, that they can do that. You know, we, we just magically couldn't find enough evidence. The most monitored house in the world. Like, no one saw who went into the room. Like, it's not even... It's not even believable. I mean, it's not believable to the ordinary citizen, and it's far less believable to me having been there, knowing the protocols, knowing the amount of security. Zero chance. 
but it, but again, we, we see that time and time again, right? It's no different than what we saw you know, this week with the IRS whistleblowers. I mean, you know, if that was Don Jr.'s laptop, you know, I, I would say, you know, not only would I be in Gitmo from the government, my father would have been sending me there. Uh, you know, it, it's a little different. If I took a billion from China, it would be a problem. If I had no-show jobs in Ukraine, only the places where my father actually had influence as vice president, let's just say, that would be an issue. I mean, we're, Megan, like, we can even joke about it and the cocaine and the insanity, but like, we're, according to the Biden administration, the closest we've been to nuclear war since the Cuban Missile Crisis. And we don't even ask the question, hey, do you think maybe some of our policy is being influenced because they have another Hunter Biden laptop? They have more information uh, that hasn't been made public. You know, I imagine there are things that Hunter didn't film and put on video that were still probably, let's call it less than kosher, that mm -hmm. someone else has. And our press, you know, regime propagandists, we'll call them, they won't even ask the question like, hey, are we sending $130 billion in USAID? We don't have three to finish our border, but to defend Ukraine because the Ukraine, you know, they're holding this up over the Biden. Like, we're not even willing to ask the question because to me, that most seems of them, most of them the didn't, did not even answer. cover the whistleblowers. Most of them did not even cover the whistleblowers testimony. Yeah. It was not live on CNN or MSNBC. Fox carried it. Uh, because they're not interested in corruption within the DOJ that helps Democrats. They're not interested. I mean, Correct. the very fact that there's no special counsel um, to uh, to investigate Biden, uh, but there's a special counsel to investigate Trump where there's not not a conflict of interest. Like they can investigate Trump. I'm, I'm sure that they go go for him and, and not, no loyalty to Biden's going to yeah. stop that. But when they have to investigate their own boss. Oh, no, we don't need a special counsel for that. You know, yeah, I guess. Attorney General Garland can do it. Well, no one believes that. But it's I mean, people are catching on. That's why your dad hasn't been hurt in the polls. But as we outlined, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean the legal jeopardy lifts. Correct. But let's talk about the polls and politics. Um, mm -hmm. So DeSantis this week to me, who is, as they point out, 30 points behind your dad, it, you know, at least it depends on the poll. But um, started, I won't say he took the gloves off. He might have like taken a like a couple knuckles off um, where he just he started to go after your dad a little bit more robustly. I thought it was kind of interesting because he hasn't really done that as much. Here he is on, of all places, Howie Kurtz uh, doing that. Take a listen. He promised to drain the swamp. It got worse. He did not drain the swamp. He promised to build, have Mexico pay for a border wall. They did like 50 miles of wall. There's massive expansive still there. He said he was going to eliminate the national debt. They added almost $8 trillion to the debt uh, in four years. And of course, in 2020, he turned the country over to Dr. Fauci and those lockdowns and the borrowing and printing really sent us on a bad course. All right, there's a lot in there, uh, but your thoughts yeah. on his shift in tactics. And in particular, can you speak to the Fauci thing? Because I do hear that from yeah. people who 100%. like DeSantis. Do me a favor, because if it's out there, you'll find it. Have you, your viewers, find me one piece of evidence before he started essentially running for president where Fauci, where Ron DeSantis was calling to fire Dr. Fauci. You know, just like he was out there promoting the vaccine on TV commercials they had the same policies of Trump. He likes to pretend it's different. Trump left it to the states. Ron DeSantis left the mandates, et cetera, to the counties. They're actually very similar policies. So it's easy to take sort of the 
you know, the cues of, you know, his paid online influencers to be like, this is what I would have done. Show me video of him doing it because I can show you a lot of video of him praising these things and doing the exact opposite. But that's perhaps the problem with Ron DeSantis. You know, he was sort of running this the shadow campaign put together by influencers where he wasn't saying anything and they were building him up. But as someone who spent like weeks with Ron DeSantis, probably more than any person uh, who wasn't part of his campaign in like 18, the image that was created online does not line up with the actual image of Ron DeSantis. You know, he doesn't have uh, that thing. I mean, I think you talked about, you know, what would happen if they actually debated. It's just not the same league. But you can create a lot with sort of that online meme influencer thing, but it doesn't stand up. Uh, you know, again, Ron DeSantis praised the vaccine on TV numerous times. Uh, he even attacked the media. Uh, for saying that he was anti-vax. I mean, that's all documented. So it's easy to do the revisionist history if no one's willing to actually call it out. But these are the facts. So DeSantis in March, maybe April of 2020, was actually publicly pressuring my father to shut down and ban interstate commerce. No one talks about that, Megan. Like, these, these are facts that are conveniently neglected because it's really easy to say, this is what I would have done. Uh, it didn't happen. And the, the record speaks for itself. So, you know, as I always say, sort of to get to know Ron DeSantis is to dislike him. And then you see, more importantly, on the shifts in Ukraine, you saw what he told Tucker Carlson. We all saw that. Two days later, Carl Rove, Paul Ryan, the billionaire donor class, you know, they're really America first unless they can get their widget from China for a quarter cent cheaper, in which case then they flip flop on the American people. 180. You, you, you saw that change. And then it, this is time and time again. So, I, you know, I don't believe that Ron DeSantis isn't going to be beholden to his billionaire donor class because he needs them. He needs them desperately. There's a reason. Look at the people who are out there endorsing him. Look at the people who are putting millions of dollars into their campaign. You think they're like true, like MAGA base America first? Or you think they're like just, you know, the D.C. Republican Uni Party? Uh, that's mm -hmm. pretty clear. You you can look at all of the people and understand yeah, no, the exactly where he is. The and fundraising he's numbers that that just came in showed that he's getting more money from the bigger donors and Trump's getting yeah. more money from the smaller donors, to which is exact, helpful to Trump because you can go back to the smaller donors. You can go back 17 to 17% you know, small dollar donors for Ron DeSantis. 17%, Megan. That, that's not a big portion. 17% uh, of his donors are small dollar donors. The rest are the billionaires. Well, that, that should tell us everything you need to know. They know that they control him. And that's not what works. I understand the game. They want the billionaire donor class that you think they're writing because they believe in this stuff. No, they're writing these checks because they want someone to pick up the phone when they call. And when they say jump, they say how high. You, Ron DeSantis needs that. Donald Trump doesn't. They're going against him because they don't want a strong on China policy. That should be clear if it hasn't been across all of corporate America. And, you know, even the Republican billionaire donor class are part of that culture. They can get their stuff cheaper. That's what they want to do. So, they're, you know, we'll be America first light. And we just, you know, maybe we won't touch this or we'll tell you what you want to hear till you vote for us. And then we'll do the opposite. So, you know, between the flip flop on Ukraine, between those things, like, I, I had actually had greater hopes for Ron DeSantis that we'd have a deeper bench because I actually believe in this stuff. I, I was a real estate developer before I got <laughs> thrown into sort of this journey. Uh, <laughs> while I was always a conservative and believed in these things, you know, I, I want a bench, not just Donald Trump and then everyone else is a rhino squish. Uh, you know, unfortunately, 
I think I've been disappointed by a lot of the people that I, I, I had hopes for. Uh, and again, perhaps that's because they need the money. You know, that, that's that's unfortunate. But don't uh, mistake a lot of the attacks um, against Trump are also to prevent other people like him who don't need those people from ever getting in the race. I think that's a big part of all of this as well. He's got 17 percent small donors, one seven. What does Trump have? I, you know what? I don't know the exact number. I know we have an average dollar, you know, dollar figure of about 34 bucks a person. So uh, okay, it, yeah. it's it's pretty significant. It's uh, you know, I, I don't want to give you an exact quote because someone will fact check me, but it's probably inverse. Here's the other thing, he, a different message I've heard from him, which is he said it before, and I think he's probably going to land on this and it's more recent. He sat with Jake Tapper, and I think this is probably his number one argument for why it should be him and not Trump. It's SOT 10. This country needs to have a debate about the country's future. If I'm the nominee, we'll be able to focus on President Biden's failures and I'll be able to articulate a positive vision for the future. I don't think it serves us good to have a presidential election focused on what happened four years ago. What do you make of that one, Don? I don't know. I, I think the fact that uh, they're, they're talking to Jake Tapper tells you probably everything you need to know. Uh, you know, they, arguably the number one person uh, pushing the lie of the Russia, Russia hoax, that they can feel comfortable going and talking there. Uh, you know, again, I, I, I don't know. I've seen too many of the supposed convictions uh, flip flop. So it, it's just I, I don't think it means anything. I think you can say that. But again, that used, that's the new argument. The argument last month was electability. Ron DeSantis is the only guy that can do that, you know, but except every poll has Trump beating Biden and none of them have Ron DeSantis, other than maybe an outlier here or there. Like, so they, they have to change their argument. It's a constant changing argument that never actually seems to work. And again, I, I have a feeling and I just understanding uh, the base traveling around the country uh, probably more than any person that's not a candidate and probably more than most of the candidates speaking to real Americans. I'm far more concerned about just trying to prolong an inevitable primary, uh, spending hundreds of millions of dollars to try to get someone with, you know, whether it's Ron DeSantis or you know, one of the people that's poll polling at exactly, you know, let's call it 002 percent, uh, you know, on a podium for five minutes to eventually get the CNBC conservative contributorship role. Uh, that's money we're not spending to take on the What are you Democrat. trying to say about Doug Burgham? This is, that is an unfair shot. At the, no, it's not. not just, but it's just, it's just real, Megan. Like, there's people that no, are. No, I this, this no, no, no. This, is a, this is a point I've heard. And this I've heard conservative grassroots. And I, I've heard conservative grassroots organizations say to me privately, all this money that's going into like this process right now could be spent trying to get Joe Biden. And the Democrats have the advantage of not having to worry about that since they're not allowing a primary of him, despite the fact that there are many, many Democrats who want one. Uh, but of course, this is the process this is how it always plays out. He's got to fight for it. You know, it's not his until it's his and no one's seeding the ground. Um, that leads me to the Fox News debate, the very first debate, which is August 23rd. You and I both know your dad will skip a Fox News debate. <laughs> he is he. <laughs> Don't don't bet he won't. Yeah. Um, but will he skip this one? What do you think? Uh, you know what? It's it's an interesting one. I, I'm torn. Uh, I'm torn in the sense that, you know, as someone who likes to talk crap online and do the meme thing, uh, I think it gives someone like me a lot of interesting material. But to, to sort of the point I was making a minute ago, do you give, you know, a Doug Burgum? And, you know, I like Doug. I've met him. I've campaigned for him. But like, 
prior to about two weeks ago. Again, if you would have put him in a lineup, I probably would have forgotten who he was. Uh, do you give someone polling at 0.2% uh, three weeks to work with a team of writers to come up with a zinger for Trump that will then be weaponized? Like, that's not strategy. It's different in 16, right? You have We were told we had 0% chance of winning. It was a marketing stunt. You couldn't possibly do the primary. You couldn't possibly win the general. You know, we've heard this before. But there you, you were polling. As you were the 0.02% outlier. When you're beating some of these people by 60 points, do you, you know, do you give Asa Hutchinson a chance? It's like mixed martial arts, right? That you can have a better fighter. Sometimes the worst fighter lands something, and it's just, do you, do you create that opportunity? So I don't get it. I don't see it. There's a component of me that wants to see it only because I'm a masochist and I love having fun with this stuff later on. But, uh, mm. you know, the, the strategist side of me says, I'm looking at the numbers, I'm looking at the lead, and I'm saying, I don't know, it'd be sort of foolish to, to actually put yourself out there. Is it at all nerve wracking for you when he's out there? Like, uh, you know, even when I'm out there as a debate moderator, I know my husband gets a little nervous and this is your dad. I, you know, he can do it. But do you ever feel nerves for him? Yeah, I think you do, actually. I mean, I, you know, even, you know, the the CNN town hall a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, really? Like, I, but like, you know, that's the thing. He, he's a pugilist, right? He wants to be out there. He does want yeah. to be in that fight. That's what that's what he does. And it's sort of. You know, you have the argument, well, we just want someone who's not really going to fight or be vicious. I go, well, you know, the demeanor argument. And I always counter that with, you know, if they attacked you, if they lied about you, if they said you were an agent of Russia, they try to put your family in jail. Like, you think your demeanor would be a little different? I mean, all the things they accused him of with the bad demeanor, like he was sort of pushing back against things that have since been proven to be lies, like most of the conspiracy theories, right? Just wait six months and it'll turn out to be the truth, but it doesn't matter because they notch the win at the time. Most are unwilling to fight back, so they just take it as though it's the gospel. And then when you're proven right, you know, we do a great job of trailing, oh, we won on social media. It's like, no, no, no. Like, they got everything they wanted out of this. Like, we get the win later on. They don't care. They're laughing their asses off, uh, having gotten the win and having weaponized, uh, you know, the truth. Uh, and so, you know, it's interesting. So, you know, you, you do get nervous, but I know he likes being out there. So, I, you know, try to have some fun with it as well. It's easier when you're out there, when you're the one in control, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a, a hit you're doing or a speech, so much easier when you feel like you're in control and so much more painful when it's someone you love. Um, on the subject of Fox News, I heard you say they've gone dark on you. Are you are you kicked off of Fox News? I, th I assume so. Uh, you know, I've been told that, you know, I'm on, you know, the, the blacklist. Uh, I was, uh, I, well, I don't know. The, the last time I was on, I think it was like August. Uh, so almost a year ago. Oh, wow. Uh, at the time, my father hadn't yet announced. I think I was polling second or third myself, even with Trump in there, which, right. you know, not always. I was like, don't show him that poll, please. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to hear about that one. We'll just keep that one quiet. They're like, no, no, it's really good. You're doing it. I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't need to, you know, that's going to make Thanksgiving really you. awkward. Uh, <laughs> And uh, but, you know, I, I was doing pretty well, e even, you know, in there. And, you know, it just went dark. And I, I, I assume, as, as you and I probably both know, but I imagine you can talk less about, you know, there are there are mandates there and they make decisions and they want to control who that person is. And you you saw which way they were going for quite some time. Uh, it was a fluff fest like I've never seen uh, mm -hmm. for, you know, quite a few months there. And that seems to be transitioning a little bit away because perhaps they. Uh, see the inevitable and they read the tea leaves. And again, they want that access to power that unfortunately is such a big part of today's political process. But yeah, no, I, you know, I, I have not been on, I was, I was asked to go on 
Uh, and I, I won't even name the shows because it doesn't matter. And because, you know, I'm friends with some people there. They're like, hey, can you come on to talk about, you know, this was the Florida indictment. Uh, like, I don't know. Fine. I'm out there. Pretty big following. I think I can probably talk better than most about my father's uh, indictment and the abuse of federal power. And I'm sitting there. I call my assistant. I'm like, hey, like my hits in like 10 minutes and, you know, the van's not here. What? Oh, they just called. They canceled. I'm like, really? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like that's fine. But, you know, so there, there, there's little question in my mind. They, they, you know, one of the usual pundits that are thrown on there to talk about these things, I imagine they probably would not do as well as me. They certainly don't have the emotional connection. They probably, you know, to use perhaps the fa my father's, they probably wouldn't rate as well as me on that issue, but that doesn't seem to matter. So, yeah, I, I assume if, considering I was on, let's call it Fox, I, maybe daily, uh, or at least asked, asked to be on daily pretty much every day prior to that for the last five years to go dark for almost a year. Uh, I imagine uh, that isn't just coincidence. I imagine that's there. And whether that's, you know, me swiping at the rhinos like Paul Ryan, who seemed to be pulling a lot of the strings there or otherwise, mm. uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, but it, it's not a coincidence because there are no coincidences that flagrant. As soon as your dad has it locked up, if he locks it up, they'll bend the knee. They yeah. will. Maybe, like, maybe they'll not, make an exception for me. <laughs> they're not going to continue with this stance. I see exactly what you're talking about. They've been very, very pro DeSantis. They it's like Trump yeah. didn't exist for the past year. And yeah. just like the first time, frankly, he overcame that blackout or that, you know, we don't want him attitude by the yeah. owners and made himself by far the front runner. So I think, you know, the, the Murdoch's got on board the last time. I mean, I can I can definitely speak to that one. And I'm yep. sure they will this time as, as well if he manages to, you know, to secure this when when the voting actually begins. Um, let's talk about Nancy Pelosi, because she's looking at the other side, Don, and she's saying, uh, don't don't count Joe Biden out. You know, he's polling right there yeah. with the GOP uh, candidates like Trump, like DeSantis. And while you may think that he he's too old and you mentioned him falling up and down the stairs and you know, can't, can't spit out two sentences, she says he's just a kid. I think we have it. I think the president should embrace his age, his experience, uh, what he his, the knowledge that he brings to the job. I couldn't be prouder of him. And uh, again, we're very fortunate uh, that he is in that position. But again, age is relative. He's he's younger than I am, so I uh, he's a kid to me as well. The president <laughs> is. Oh my God. Well, listen, I, I think that's Nancy Pelosi desperately holding on to her youth as well. She's no spring chicken. But you see that, again, there's no consequence uh, for the Democrats to say this. I mean, we, we have a president that can't get through a basic sentence. He can't remember how to get off a stage. I mean, it's not like it's a one-time incident and, you know, guys like me are making fun of it on social media. I can, without using words, get up on a stage and do like the handshake to nowhere that seems to happen every time Joe Biden gets lost on the stage. And... Everyone knows what's going on. Everyone's talking about it. Remember, you know, Donald Trump once held a banister in a winter day on a rainy day to go down a slippery ramp. And we had every, you know, telepsychologist, uh, you know, oh, my God, he's in the later stages of dementia and Alzheimer's combined. If you actually talk to an actual neurologist and you look at Joe Biden, they can diagnose him to a T. And yet that strangely won't happen. But that's the difference, Megan. And you know this now as well. You know, when you have the entire weight and full force 
of mainstream media. And I say even conservative because they're not willing to go as far as they need to. That's why, you know, shows like this, shows like mine, where we can actually have that real conversation without, well, you must bend the knee to the unit party in D.C. and pretend that everything's fine. It's different when you have the full weight of big tech, you know, artificially boosted. I mean, I'm, Joe Biden's running around talking about Bidenomics and how it's working for everyone. Like, I, you know, I'm many things, but I am self-aware. And I, as the son of a billionaire, okay, as a son of a billionaire, when I go and take my kids shopping, I'm like, oh my God. Like, if I'm, if I'm experiencing sticker shock, and let's just say it's not going to matter if groceries are a little bit more, if my gas price, you know, if gas was 15, 20 bucks, like it's not going to change my life that much. But if I'm shocked at that number, what's it doing to real Americans? I don't know a single American that's benefiting from quote unquote Bidenomics. And yet Mm -hmm. they can run around. Big tech will promote it as though it's real. You know, that's another obstacle that we have to surmount because, you know, they have trillion dollar institutions functioning as the cheerleaders, their marketing department. You saw what they did for the Hunter Biden laptop. Of course, it's 100 percent true. But beyond the institutions of big tech and mainstream media that are giving them billions of dollars worth of free coverage, you know, artificially boosting one side, denigrating the other, covering up the nonsense from one side, making it up about the other, you know, they then also have the entire weight and strength of the federal government, like the 52, you know, intelligence officers that knew nothing about the Biden laptop, but were willing to say that it was Russian disinformation because, you know, why not get a couple more years out of Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, even if it was totally disproven. So I had the two whistleblowers on the show and they, I learned from Gary Shapley, the the boss, that like we knew that the FBI had the laptop in its possession back in 19 and well before it went to the social media companies and said, beware of Russian disinformation coming on Hunter. What yeah. I didn't, and, and then we, and then we knew also that they had verified that it was hunters. But I didn't know how they had verified that. I just assumed that they had looked at the content and done some sort of foot soldier investigation yeah. tying it to him. They actually had it linked almost right away from his Apple ID in the cloud, yeah. uh, right to the laptop. I mean, there was absolutely no doubt that it was his. And not only did they go and you know do this thing with the social media companies, like beware, beware, but Russian dif- disinformation is coming, i.e., the laptop. Um, they they had those, you know, the CIA, the FBI, they, the intelligence community worked with those 52 so-called experts who came from those from those agencies to yep. say, we think it's Russian disinformation. I mean, the more you learn about it, the more disgusted you get. Yeah. And, and again, I have a feeling that if it was the Don Jr. laptop from hell, I would not have gotten that benefit. I would not have had no. anyone in the intelligence agencies come out and try to defend me. In fact, they would do the opposite. Uh, as they did. I mean, you saw, and I believe it's Adam Schiff, but, you know, when they took the random email, it was like a spam email from some random dude with the WikiLeaks stuff. Like, they they took out the date. They took out a one. I think it was like, you know, let's call it June 14th. So WikiLeaks, they took out the one in 14. So it looked like I had received the WikiLeaks communications on the 4th instead of the 14th. It came out on like the 6th. So they tried to make it seem like I had it mm-hmm. a week, but then we showed them the actual emails be like, but it's the 14th. What are you talking about? And again, that's like, you know, Ron DeSantis running to Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper was the guy. We got him now. The walls are closing in. Now, when it was proven that it was BS, not even a retraction. It's still up there as though that right. was real. Like it was some dude literally spammed like a few hundred, you know, Trump org uh, email addresses managed to get mine. They edit the things out, you know, in the House Intelligence Committee. 
And it's like, oh, we got them now because it didn't matter. They have someone covering. They'll have someone pretend that it's true, even if it's nonsense. Once the nonsense comes out, they score the win, they score the hit, and everything else is forgotten. Adam Schiff lied repeatedly about having seen intelligence that we now know he did not see. That's why they censored him in the GOP-controlled house now. He's not sorry. He says he takes their contempt as a badge of honor. I mean, I think he would do it again. He would do it to you all over again. It's alarming. Now, you mentioned the DeSantis thing again. You know, I don't know about why shouldn't he go on CNN? Because don't you think like your dad does very well when he has contentious interviews? You know, like he did a CNN town hall. Um, I think Ron DeSantis should go on with Joy Reid, Don. I think like the, the GOP candidates do well. The the Tapper thing wasn't yeah. all that combative, so maybe it didn't work there. Yeah. But they do well when they are across from liberal media that hates them. Oh, listen, I, I agree. I, I used to do it all the time before they sort of lost their minds. I mean, I uh, you know, I, I had done Tapper quite a bit myself. I'd, I'd done a lot of these shows, certainly in the 16th cycle. Um, you know, it, I think some of these people that, you know, they've lost their mind. You saw the Joy Reid response to sort of the striking down of affirmative action. I'm like, it's, it's amazing. She's almost like a conservative because I agreed with everything that she said, which was uh, essentially, I would not have gotten into Harvard if it wasn't right. for affirmative action. I'm like, well, like, isn't that like, we know. Yeah, like someone else would have that probably actually deserved it. And, you know, I'm not going to uh, I don't think anyone who's watched Joy Reid is going to defend her as a genius. But, you know, yeah. she got there and was making my point. So, you know, perhaps that's right. I think you could go in there and, and dunk on all of them as as we did. in Who the past. wouldn't I think- watch your dad across from Joy Reid or like even when you went on The View, it was a thing of beauty. Oh, it was a thing of beauty. I, I appreciate that. That, that, was that, one, that was one. That was one. That was my Sistine Chapel, Megan. That was a. It, it was. It was. I have to say it was like the fa- my favorite Don Jr. moment ever. It, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, people, you know, we'll, we'll drop it in here. I guess this is the fight you want. It's not the fight yeah, I want. Yeah, it is. But if we're because talking about you, character, we're talking when, about these Are you things, questioning my character? I'm not no, questioning your character. I'm talking about, okay. you're questioning my father's character. I'm and not, I said, I'm we sorry, all have done I didn't question things. anybody. I simply mm-hmm. said that when you're talking about that your father's taken more heat than anybody else, that it's not so. Instead, as a president? And when, yes, Come as on. a president. Uh, yes. Ridiculous. He's getting pressed. Who has? I think the Central Park Five took a lot more heat than your father has taken at his hand. Yeah. Uh, name a president who's taken more heat than wait. my father. Everybody stop. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. But your dad on The View, my God, who I would buy a ticket to that, you know, so I, the, I do think these GOPers should get out there. I mean, not the Asa Hutchinson. I think that's the world necessarily, but, Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think you're right. I'd probably pay much better money to uh, to watch that one. Maybe we get Dana White to host it. It'll be great. <laughs> all right. So now you have, of course, the media, you know, they hate all Republicans, but uh, the controversy pops up in the culture culture wars every other day. And I saw you tweeting about it. I it's been getting a lot of attention how Jason Aldean's latest song um, is being canceled. It's been it's not yeah. being played now on CMT. Um, we have a little bit of it. Let's just play a little bit of the of the song that's gotten him in trouble as allegedly a pro lynching song. Yes. Um, he denies that entirely. But here's a little bit of it. Suck punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjacking old lady at a red light.
Man goes on and and talks about yeah. a gun. So that that's you can't talk about guns. Uh, what do you make of it? Listen, I, I think it's insane. I think it's 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 what we're seeing time and time again. Just capitulation uh, to the radical left. I mean, that song is uh, it's a hundred percent accurate. Uh, that it's against the BLM Antifa uh, riots. It's a hundred percent true that that would happen in a small town if you messed around with that. That's I wish the rest of America functioned that way. And Jason's a friend of mine. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, man, anything I can do. I, I sent him that DM yesterday. I compared his lyrics to that of, you know, WAP by Cardi B. Uh, and, you know, it's shocking that even country music television can seemingly just disavow literally their entire audience to, right. you know, to kowtow to Hollywood or perhaps, you know, the music companies over there. And, and we've just seen too much of that. I mean, I, I think his lyrics are wholesome. I, it has nothing to do with lynching. It has nothing to do with racism. But that's the problem, Megan. Literally everything, everything has become racism if you're on the left and we don't like you, right? It's the easy button of today's radical left. And the problem with it is, you know, in the instances where real racism does exist, and I think it does, it's just not the cause of and solution for all of life's problems as they would have you believe, uh, when it does happen now, people hear it and they roll their eyes because they hear the lyrics, they hear the song and they're like, give me a break. So now How is you know, it when it actually happens, they walk right. by and they're like, give me a break. They, Every I can't name something that isn't racist. I mean, you talk about economics is racist. Math is racist. Uh, I read an article. I think it was yesterday. Sleep, uh, you know, a, a good night's sleep is rated, in, you know, <laughs> uh, based in white supremacy. I mean, these people have lost their minds. They're, like, it's ridiculous. But the problem is for so many, they, they were so able to instill fear in the heart to be, you, know, you don't want to be called a racist. That's the worst thing you could possibly call it. They did. By the way, if it's true, maybe that's right. Uh, it's certainly close. Um, but they've done it so much. They've overplayed it. It's so ridiculous. I mean, this is, as far as I'm concerned, those are, that's a great song with wholesome lyrics of a guy that really believes in America first. And to be able to condemn uh, the BLM riots and Antifa riots that caused billions in damage, burned down cities, uh, killed people, murdered people, uh, guess what? Uh, that should be accurate across America and certainly well, I was, I was to the thinking country about, music set. You know, those um, those videos that we all saw during the BLM riots where where before they were riots, they, they were just bothering people. They were just harassing innocent restaurant goers who were forced yeah. to eat out on the streets because of COVID. And they'd go over to the just innocent people sitting there having a family meal and say, like, you will raise your fist. You will yeah. say Black Lives they Matter. Found you the will. Weakest or people, they threaten Megan. him. I mean, if you, he's right. Try that in a small town. See how that goes for you. A hundred percent. They found the weakest people imaginable. People who, you know, they're not maybe not even political. You must bow and kiss our feet. Like, and they capitulated because they've been scared into this. And again, that's been artificially boosted and, you know, frankly promoted by big tech and mainstream media and social media and all of these entities. Like, he's right. Try that in a small town. By the way, you shouldn't be able to get away with that in any town. Uh, but, yeah. you know, the cities have given up entirely and totally capitulated to the insanity of the radical left. So uh, mm. I, I hope that's. Uh, you know, a call to people to understand, like, you don't have to just give in because they'd like you to. You don't have to just roll over and die because they'd like you to. Right. I mean, and they, they try to say, don't watch Sound of Freedom because it's a cube movie and it just made $100 million at the box office after causing, uh, costing $14 million. Yeah, One other word well, that on was this. The, that um, was perhaps the first insanity that I saw. So Tim Ballard, who's the subject matter 
of the movie. Like I met him yeah. in like 2015, 2016. And, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to get political or get involved with the White House. I made two calls, though. One was about the pebble mine that's sort of been out there. The other was I had met Tim Ballard. I was like, you guys should really talk to this because you understand that there's a problem with child sex trafficking. But I don't think anyone understands the scope. And so I, I, I sort of made the introductions. Then I get out of it. And you know, eventually they actually have Tim Ballard down to the White House. They set up a council. And for the first time in an administration, they actually put real money behind it, like $300 million to like look into the issue to try to combat it. And I was like, this is great. Like, this should, this is a hundred, it's not even a political issue. It should just be something that 100% of people across the world agree on. And the left lost their minds. You know, this movie oh, was actually made God. five years ago. The people praising it. Your dad, uh, today, I don't have to remind you. The people praising it then are deriding it today. Your dad signed the Anti-Sex Trafficking Act. He got a standing ovation at the State of the and Union the for doing that. And the left was against it. And AOC sat there like this. Arms, are you pro sex trafficking? Like, what is it? Is that was a bridge too far for you? It's it's insane, but it, again, it shows you just how far we fought. Now, we we could get much further into sort of you know. I know you're not allowed to say grooming, and you're not allowed to do this, and yet they say you know a, a, essentially pornographic material in elementary schools. You're banning books. You're banning books, Megan, if you don't want a three year old to see graphic details about uh, you know various let's call it unconventional sex. Uh, but like that's not banning books like no one's banning no. the book just don't show it to three-year-olds like the people when they're canceling uh you know the drag queen story hour i have five kids i've been to quite a few story hours but like story hour was never like the biggest thing in the world it was, how did it get commandeered by drag queens how did they own story hour that it became this big you're telling me that wasn't some sort of setup like i don't believe that you know, there's coincidence anymore, certainly not when it's there. When you have explicit sexual graphic detail going on at a parade and say, well, we're just doing it for freedom. Okay, well, we're just not allowing kids to be there. And in that case, we're going home. Like, well, but I mm. thought it wasn't about like sexualizing our kids. I thought it wasn't about like it had nothing to do with kids. But if the kids can't be present, you're just not going to do it. Like, come on, man. Like, it, yeah, what does that it's tell It's gone us? insane. And then, like I said, the reaction to that at the time was when I was like, and I'm, listen, I'm from New York City, right? I, my friends, I, I imagine growing up, most of my friends were probably on the other side of the aisle and we could have that conversation and you could yeah. have a dialogue and you could have discourse. Like, if you can't get behind combating child sex trafficking uh, and they want to lower ages of consent, and if you're, you don't let your child at three years old decide to change their gender and go through permanent life-altering gender-affirming care, we're going to take your children from you as was voted on 100% by the Democrats in the Washington state legislature, I believe it was. That's right. Like, what, is, what is happening in our country? Like, you know, that's And there's a bill in California too. There's a similar yeah, bill California, in California right now. They have the, well, I guess it was Wisconsin that did the bill. Uh, you can't discriminate in the workforce against pedophiles. Meaning, you know, not race, religion, but if someone's a pedophile there, you know, or sorry, I, I, I wanna use the correct vernacular, uh, a map. A, a minor attracted person. Oh no! Uh, oh, you know, no. you know, if you're in a preschool, you can't discriminate against hiring someone that wants to sleep with your children's students. Like, that's uh, hey, you know what? Maybe that makes me old-fashioned, but that's a bridge too far for me, and it's never going to happen where I'm silenced about this issue. So I'm going to fight for it. Let me ask you about your dad in this, because this is something I've been saying on the show for a while. He's been the DeSantis camp has been kind of trying to get to the right of your dad on some of these culture war issues. And in particular, the trans thing, you know, his supporters, not he, but his supporters put out that ad showing him as more of an, a warrior on 
the trans issue. And they ran clips of your dad back in 15 saying, I would let Caitlyn Jenner use the restaurant at Trump Tower and uh, not the restaurant, the restroom, the women's restroom um, and similar statements. And I've been saying all along, Don, I don't I'm definitely supportive of where Ron DeSantis stands on this issue, fighting this and keeping men out of women's spaces, but that I am open minded to where your dad is on this now because a lot's changed since 2015. You know, we're seven years into this and the madness has exploded in a way I know I did not anticipate. And I imagine he did not anticipate either. But you tell me, where does your dad stand on on the subject of women's spaces remaining for women and uh, women's sports remaining for women in the trans issue? Listen, I, I think it's you know, been quite clear on it. I, I know I have I, the women's sports thing. I mean, go back and look at what I've been talking about for years, uh, you know, way before, certainly way before Ron DeSantis has been doing it as a father of, uh, you know, young girls that well, one of them is an incredible athlete. Uh, I've been very vocal about it. And I think that's where the populace actually is. It's It's interesting. Even you know, in Twitter, even a year ago, before any transition or any change, when, you know, I was getting crushed and censored, I could put up the, hey, stop competing against the girls. I, I, made, I mean, look at everything I've said about Leah Thomas over the last 18 months since, uh, you know, she became a world-class uh, female swimmer. It was miraculous. It happened overnight. Megan, one of the incredible, really impressive. Uh, you know, just, you know, uh, the, the athleticism just sprouted amazingly. Uh, that, that was my alma mater. Uh, you know, and, I, and I've been out there saying, you know, right. hey, 20 years ago when I graduated the University of Pennsylvania, like we would have shown up to the swim meets with a keg uh, and had uh, had a good old laugh at the insanity of what's going on. Uh, I think my father's been very clear. Get the hell away from our children. Now, I, I've even said this. I've gotten in trouble because they tried to. If you're a 45 year old du- dude and you want to identify as a woman, honestly, I could care less. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to hear about it. Stay the fuck away from our kids. But. You know, there, there's an element. It's just like, do you know, I, I don't want to control what someone does. There's a libertarian streak in me and that. But but again, I, like, I don't want to have to be forced to listen to your pronouns and pretend that I believe, uh, you know, that you are, uh, you know, a fairy godmother that, does, you know, that's not whatever you decide to be the ever changing pronouns. I certainly uh, am not going to accept that if I misgender you because you have a beard uh, that, you know, I should be punished criminally. And it's an act, a literal act of violence, Megan. The bullshit that we've seen um, come out of these people is is ridiculous. So again, mm-hmm. uh, and again, far before, you know, but Ron DeSantis is like, hey, you can't be gay. Hey, ask some of Ron DeSantis' gay influencers what they think about Ron DeSantis and what they would do to the way they're living well, I did right that now. last sort of, week. I know oh, I did, did that yeah, last I week. That. I, I had apologize, on the... but like, yeah. It's sort of like he's trying too hard. And again, because he doesn't have that person. So he's got a team that's trying to we're going to outflank Trump on this. And we're, you know, let's. So, again, you're a grown person. I, I don't really care. It's not my thing. But again, you're not going to bully me into pretending that your delusion is real. And I, I can be friendly with you. It doesn't even make a difference. Right. I, I grew up in New York. I have plenty of you know gay friends. I, it makes that doesn't matter. But you start going after our children. You start trying to encourage them to mutilate their bodies. You jack them up on meds, convince them of something, allow them to tell parents that they can't even be involved in the process. Have some lunatic teacher, okay, manipulate, I mean, not even arguably, the most impressionable minds in society, young minds, easily influenced, and try that indoctrination process over my dead body. Okay, Mm -hmm. and again, 
All you have to do is look to anything I've said for, I don't know, since I've been in politics, like way before other people even got on this trend. And like I was saying about Twitter, the one thing where I know the populace is actually with us, that's the difference between sort of the media creation and, you know, Los Angeles speak is even on Twitter, where it's like, let's call it a 95-5 audience of people that hate my guts, certainly an old <laughs> Twitter, even worse. It's a nice place. Yeah, they sit there. I'll put up the, the trans women in sports things. It was one of my first issues. Like, no fucking way. And I have people. Oh, my God, I hate your guts, Don Jr. I think you're the biggest piece of shit in the world. And yet, and yet. On that? I'm, yeah. I'm with you on this one. They're like, hey, literally, the, the most common comment is. right. I can't I really, believe I really think I'm with him on this one. I can't. No, but... I think you're right. And I, I think like this is I'm, I'm, hopefully I'll talk to your dad, you know, one on one soon. But I, I really yeah. think that, that the smart place for everyone in the Republican field is a man cannot become a woman. Sorry, empathy. But yeah. no, we're not changing policy for you. And you're certainly not going to the women's spaces. And I think that actually will attract, you know, people on the left who for whom, like yeah. me, this is becoming almost a single voter issue. But yeah. anyway, he doesn't need me for uh, political advice. That's that's obvious. Don no, no, well, Trump so I, I actually have a question for you, because as a oh, mother, because yeah. I, I yeah, see yeah. it like with young kids. And again, I'm out there. I'm vocal. I'm sort of you know unafraid to speak my mind. But, you know, where are the soccer moms, Megan? Uh, you know, where are the you know, hey, trust me, I've done the kid like, you know, triple header of T-ball where I want to shoot myself after nine hours being on a field watching these kids. <laughs> where are the soccer moms being like, wait a minute, some dude just decided to become a, a girl. And they, you know, you see it. They they take the track scholarship. It only goes one way, by the way. Right. Yeah, uh, that's right. You know, the weightlifting champion is a female that happened to be a male about three days ago. Uh, where are those people? Because, you know, and again, maybe it's not so prolific that it's happening in every neighborhood. But you don't think that people are going to game this system? As I said earlier, you know, if you're trans, you're the most privileged class in society today. You can do no wrong. You are beyond reproach. Whatever you say goes, it can change at any minute to change to any nuance. And if you contest that, you're a racist, bigot, homophobe, whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Where, I think, where that, are I the, think moms? the soccer because, moms like, have been honestly, afraid. They've been afraid. As you well know, you know, they'll for, for the past several years, they'll they'll just they'll cut you if you speak out on this. But I think they're they're starting to find their voices because it's just gotten so insane. And once you come for the children, the mama bears will speak up. So I I have hope for the future on this because, I you know, I watch this closely and I'm seeing more yeah. and more moms speak out. That's why Moms for Liberty has become such a lightning rod because they're speaking out about yeah, they're and they're right. organized and they're running for school boards and the left is very threatened by them. Uh, so I feel well, like I hope so, we're going to have a very different, different conversation have... in three years. Yeah, I, I hope so, because I did not have uh, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, man feminist in my bingo card <laughs> <laughs> for, for the last few decades. That It just wasn't that was not where I thought I'd be. And yet I feel like I'm one of the few people actually like fighting if I, if I gotta do it, the benefit of women. Like, hey, listen, uh, I'm not above it. I'm happy to get in the mix. But it's like, come on, ladies, <laughs> give me a hand here. Help me out. Right. right. All right. You'll do it and I'll do it. And I'm sure my pal KG will do it. Uh, and bit by bit, we're going to change the public sentiment on this. It's already going our way. Donald Trump Jr., so fun talking to you again. Please come back. I'll do that. Thanks, Megan. Great being with you. It's great to see you. We'll have to do it again, Megan. Thanks a lot. You're on. All, right, all the best. And thanks to all of you, too, for joining us today and all week. It's been a busy one, right, from the IRS whistleblowers to Helen Joyce. Loved that. If you, if you missed Helen Joyce, you've got to go back and listen to that when you have time. Brilliant woman. Uh, to news of the potential next indictment and arrest of Donald Trump. I mean, it's just becoming absurd now. On Monday, the EJs are back with us. Emily Jashinsky and Eliana Johnson. 
And don't forget, uh, the next week I'll be heading down to Florida for a sit down with Governor Ron DeSantis and we'll get his thoughts on some of these issues that Don and I discussed today. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to The Megyn Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear.